about reality television through a critical lens and today is I am like I'm beyond thrilled to announce um our very special guest the fantastic fabulous brilliant special Emily Siegel author of Mercury Retrograde um and editor founding editor of uh, Deluge Books, which is a really cool uh, new press based in LA, publishing experimental queer um, literature of all genres, bending, twisting, snaking, ETC, not bias. It's not like I work for them or anything. We love Deluge. We love Deluge and we love Emily. And we're very happy that Emily is here with us right now. Hello, hello, Emily. Hello, Phoebe and Gemma. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you. We've been we've been in talks about this um, for a while, but we've finally been able to nail it down. Also, happy belated birthday. Happy Thank belated so birthday. Yes. How was your yeah, birthday? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of existential, which is not usually my thing. I'm yeah. not one of those people. I'm not so, either. So I don't really know. I was stewing. I was kind of in a dark night of the soul writing place and then it sort of was just like a gradient into feeling very like moody and existential about my birthday and like convinced that the 10 people I invited to dinner weren't going to come and convinced that my partner wasn't going to hang out with me on my birthday even though of course they had no plans except for to hang out with me (laughs) the entire day and that whole thing so it was objectively cute but I also had like a kind of deranged experience of the cuteness that's how I that's feel every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, happy usually birthday. I'm per- usually I'm just perfectly well adjusted. So this is really shocking for me. Yes, it can be a and shock. Then, today I feel like I was doing method acting for this podcast because it was a really <laughs> rainy day. And I was trying to write, and then I was like, maybe I could try to write while also eating a weed gummy and watching Real Housewives in bed. Yes, that is um, what we like to call that. That's like what we, or that's, I'll, I'll speak for myself. That's what I call my artistic practice. <laughs> no, me too. When, I, when I'm writing all these cans. It's research. It's always been research. And it's all accumulating into these, these uh, now sort of monthly talks. Um but I think you're coming on today to kind of, I mean, talk about, you know, to shoot the shit. But also, I think I know that you're a Kardashians fan. I am. I'm not only a Kardashians fan, but I also rewatched the entire series in its totality during COVID because my partner hadn't seen any of it. I did, too. It was really fucked up and crazy to do. You watched the entire thing over again also? Both of yeah. you did that? 
I know. It's so fucked up. I mean, I was shocked. I mean, the things you forget that happened, it's it's shocking. It's also just a super abundance of Kardashians. Yeah. It's a lot of Fs. Yeah, it's a lot. You can, what you can, shocked you? What were you surprised to? I was just surprised to like see these sort of like, like I've been feeling like this watching, like right now I'm kind of on like an obsessive kick of watching Real Housewives of Orange County as my like thing I watch when I want to watch something, like when I'm making dinner. And and I, I think like I, I've kind of, you know, I think getting into patterns of watching TV like that, like they sort of like the aesthetic and like the sound gets sort of like embedded in your brain and even if it's like a scary objectively scary sound like i.e yelling or like you know terrifying like plastic surgery faces and these really awful people they just become sort of comforting in their function of being there all the time and what's been happening for me is i like it's i've been watching it from the beginning so it's not in present day and so i know and sometimes i'll look up like like it's like a storyline for a whole season about like this rocky marriage and i'll be like did they stay together and I find out they got divorced and it, it's interesting. And then I always like, so I watch it being like, oh, I wonder when they're going to divorce. Oh, this is really sad. Oh, they seem kind of happy here. And I feel like with the Kardashians, it was just like picking up on little things like when Kanye first came into the picture and like the way Courtney totally. talked about him being like, he's a rapper, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you're like, okay. And then like, kind of like, even like seeing like Travis Barker for episodes or like seeing like, um, like, Caitlyn as Bruce, you know, enacting some sort of like clear, like sort of gender identity issues that no one can really pick up on or like, like kind of being like, oh, this is a house full of women and this kind of like resentment. Like, I feel like just those things, I was always just like struck by those little and also just like seeing Rob on the show was crazy. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. Kylie Young is kind of weird with like pre plastic surgery. So I feel like it's all those like weird things that you don't think about now that stood out to me rewatching. Two things come to mind. One, that I was watching carefully for the moment where their faces got really crazy Mm -hmm. and was sort of shocked and pleased and screaming to discover that it was basically in tandem slash right after Caitlyn's transition. And even there's a scene in which um, Chloe's saying to Chris, like, if Bruce can do whatever he wants to his body and face you can get your varicose veins removed or something like using it in, as like a oh, kind wow. of carte blanche and then they look like mr potato head in the next episode with like all Whoa. their facial features re that's scrambled so it's like really direct um there's some like a really direct cause and effect relationship between the gender quake on the show and then the way everyone looks and how much license they're taking in terms of Mm. looking really different through plastic surgery, which I was fascinated by. And then I was also fascinated by just the sheer significance of what they're doing on the show and how important it became. Because in the beginning, it's not that major. First of all, they're kind of random. They're not nearly as wealthy. And the world hasn't been remade in their image. And then you Mm -hmm. watch as this thing that's supposed to be so frivolous is so intensely powerful and so intensely influential. Right. And the tension between the frivolity and the influence just gets tighter and tighter and tighter, basically. Although maybe arguably, maybe I'm jumping into the next part of the conversation. Maybe arguably that tension is sort of 
awry at the moment or there's like this the right. steam is coming out of the balloon like maybe there's something different going on between those things with the new show and the kind of their level of influence being just a norm right um but we can get into that of course well, no yeah that's that interesting it makes me think about just like the sort of like yeah I would be curious to like unpack together like that when that sweet spot was because there definitely was a sweet spot where you felt like oh they're not this hasn't quite become like the norm, but they know that they're having this influence or something. And like when that changed and yeah, how that's new, but Phoebe, I think I a little bit interrupted you. Sorry about that. No, I, w- I was just watching. Um, so Hulu, because now they're like paired with like Disney and ABC. Uh, there is this kind of like ABC news hour on the Kardashians and they were speaking to that exact point where there's this guy who is their like a uh, social media manager he was saying that that switch happened when when they realized that they could treat the episodes as like infomercials um where the episodes instead of being just a reality television show was going to it turned into an advertisement for their brands and their brands are all you know fragments of the bigger brand which is the Kardashians Inc and mm-hmm. the first part uh, of like of the cycle from or of the transition was the Kylie lip kit because right. she was the first one to understand being the youngest the most gen z how you could monetize how, how you could for free via social media and reality television how you could make money from something that you didn't need to pay for so i think- right that you didn't need to do any marketing no i watched that special too and that's that's true but then I also think that Kim getting robbed in Paris was this inflection point where even though she was so famous, she still wasn't as, she still actually didn't know how famous she was. Mm-hmm. And there were still parts of her behavior that were aligned with a less famous person, like obviously having an incomplete security detail right? or just being in your own apartment, right? you know, in a city yeah. casually with no doorman right. and no security. That's like, someone who thinks that they're kind of normal yeah would do that. absolutely like her transitions also I mean the show really is about Kim and I think everyone That's... can agree that the show is about Kim yeah and I agree with that and I think that right Paris was a big thing but then I obviously you know Kim's fairy tale wedding part one and two to Chris whatever his life Chris Humphreys, Humphreys. <laughs> that was really um I thought that was really big, especially the the divorce, because I think that she had the wedding, which was such a, you know, such a big hubbub. But then the divorce was so non-glamorous. And then I think that Kanye came into her life, literally went into her closet, threw everything away. And then next thing you know, she's she's at the Met Gala and she's pregnant and she's wearing all these different clothes. So it's also, and you know, what propelled her into fame in many ways was like the Ray J sex tape. So it's also, I think, interesting to track the show through like Kim's sexual progression or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I agree with all those milestones. I mean, she did a lot of things that, you know, broke a lot of taboos, like like a sex tape, like getting married and divorce, like being in interracial relationships. Like these are all kind of not part of the script of white bourgeois femininity. And right. so she was both like pursuing these incredibly conventional goals while also breaking all of these 
rules, quote unquote, at the same time. So that was definitely part of the appeal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I really kind of think that we are fixing for the tables to turn on Kim. I feel it coming. And I'm a huge fan of Kim's. You know, I'm not. She's really? Yeah, I do. What's your trend forecast? Yeah, this is my trend forecast. Um, I just think that the like sheer amount of wealth and influence going on for so long um, is sort of like over the top, maybe. Yeah. And I think that everyone kind of knows, and this is part of what was so fascinating about Bethany calling out the Kardashians and saying we need a Kardashians break. People are aware that it's kind of toxic, this fixation Mm -hmm. on the Kardashians and like watching her in this post Kanye, post Pete place where she's like getting skinnier and blonder and doing this at private equity partnership. I just feel like she's, um, I don't know. I just like see a sort of like Kardashians QAnon conspiracy theory in the middle future. I, I mean, I think, I think Phoebe and I started to talk about this. Like I started to think about that watching like the last season of keeping up with the Kardashians which felt like so like useless and like just this sort of like tool to show like the like exiting of their partnership of their like brand partnership and professional relationship with E and like as a way to sort of like pay tribute to the crew in this way and then like sort of break the fourth wall and kind of get you ready for the new care for the kind of new vibe of their new show and you know it it did it did start to feel just like there was something I mean I really everyone's always accusing the Kardashians of like having a boring show but like that season really was just terribly uninteresting I think just it it just what like there was not that much to like glom onto because they were also like in the middle of a pandemic like chilling in Malibu you know and I think like you could feel that sort of coming through and I do wonder about like now you know like I feel like there's always been these sort of like Marie Antoinette moments with them of like Kendall and the Pepsi can or Kim saying, get up off your ass and work. Like, I do wonder how those things will continue to sort of like, if those will stay controversial or if people will just start to like expect, expect that. Or if like people will just start to be like, I'm not interested in this anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like they're, there are more than two, but for simplicity's sake, I feel like there are two contradicting forces in the most recent seasons uh, for all the Kardashians. And it's like, it's truth and it's reality, you know, because I, you, you hear Kim being like, you hear, you hear all the sisters being like, we want to tell the truth this is the truth of what actually happened. Even in the latest episode in the credits, Kim was like, you want to know about that flame outfit? Well, the truth of the flame outfit was that Kanye actually picked it out. You know, they, they want to tell the truth. They want what, why did Kim say, get off your ass and work? That's the truth. But then I think that there's also 
and you right. see this predominantly with uh with with Chloe is the reality part and the reality part is about the privacy you know Chloe goes you don't actually know what goes on in our lives and Kim even echoes that she goes I give I love fame I'm made for fame but there's still the inner workings which you don't see and there I that's such an interesting relationship between what Mm. is true and what is real um and they're obviously not they're completely related they're different words for the same thing but also completely different things and I think that that may be that's what I found to be um I guess a barrier of sorts um in 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 watching the more recent seasons or episodes of the shows well I agree and I think that the reason why that's boring is that there's a sense that the real story isn't going to come out right like compared to housewives or other people who are kind of walking this thin line of course people are trying to hide the embarrassing negative things that go on and of course they're doing this sort of live action improvised auto fiction which is why we're fascinated by it as a performance but you want the to make it really interesting, you want there to be a sense that some of the real stuff will come out and that creates the tension and the frisson with the right. performance. Right. And if you just feel like the Kardashians are so controlled and so on lock that you're never gonna get the any part of the real story, it becomes right. more tedious. I think that's an issue. And then there's the huge problem also, in my opinion which is that nobody wants to hear them complain about how it sucks to be famous, which luckily Kim doesn't do, but is so bad with Kendall. Like Mm -hmm. such an extreme. She has become, I can't stand her. She's insufferable. It's incredibly boring and irritating to watch. And it's (laughs) bizarre to me that nobody is putting more pressure on her to not talk about that. But Chloe also with the anxiety. It's right. Chloe's anxiety. I'm like, girl, get. It's like on okay, you have anxiety. Zoloft and it's like okay, um, yeah, you have anxiety. That's like not interesting, not unique, and nobody wants to hear that. All of these things that you're actively participating in and have been for your entire life are also unpleasant for you. It's right. just well, not I, what we want. Yeah, I wonder if they do that because they're trying to like relate to people because that was kind of like the original success of the show is in like it's like family dynamic relatability but yeah I think it's the idea that they're like oh everyone's miserable there's a mental health epidemic we can show our fans that we're also suffering right but I just think it's a huge misstep because that's kind of like breaking a rule of show business in a way that's really kind of unfair to the audience I think there's also no resolve to it. And I think that that's kind of like the, like, uh, sure, I'm actually for, for an episode or two, I am interested in Chloe's panic attack and the red carpet because you you want to be like, oh, they're not perfect. They are infallible. Or even Kendall Jenner, this like a hundred pound top model gets anxious on plans. I also get anxious on plans, whatever. <laughs> but then it's just like for their continuing like on way, on we, it's just like okay like you're living in like an Edith like you're a supporting character in an Edith Warden novel with zero awareness and like that's not really the point of it right because when Courtney was really not into it then it was like she didn't even want to do the show which seemed right. more real yeah, and then that's also, Courtney even was so though, dramatic. Like, 
Right. Right. And Travis is disgusting and like a quivering member and like icky, but like she does to me seem so happy. I agree. Gemma does not agree. I think he's so I... gross. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. I... I don't think he's flat. I'm not like, I don't think he's not gross. <laughs> I'm just sort of like, he looks stinky. There's something about the way that he speaks and like kind of his effeminate nature that like is interesting to me. He's super unappealing to me, but I'm really <laughs> actually happy for her. Like, no, yeah, she actually I would, seems yeah. so well adjusted compared to her sister. She, she does actually seem... seems like she's enjoying her life. And that's what I want to see. I mean, I also appreciate that Kim is super into being famous because yeah. if she's going to hold that role, I want her to enjoy it. But I'm also like, even though like the whole Dolce & Gabbana brand partnership is misguided like watching her go get her wedding dress or whatever I'm like okay sure I'm here for this like you actually seem happy right I people I feel like people are making I don't well I I guess I don't know whether to make a big deal out of the fact that like the Kardashians are like resurrecting Dolce and Gabbana like I feel like a lot of people or you see a lot of like think pieces or whatever about like oh like Dolce and Gabbana were canceled and the Kardashians are now helping them succeed again like is that something that that interests either of you I mean, to some degree, it's not like, it's so obvious that it's, it's not interesting to me in the sense of like, there's not much there to delve into. I think that it Mm -hmm. wasn't the smartest and most interesting brand partnership they could do given the amount of access that they have to go this hard on it, you know, to have Kim do the whole show and to have the um wedding dress thing with Courtney like they're making this huge 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 show of being affiliated with them and I do think that's kind of strange um and ill-conceived but I don't think that it's that deep I also just think it's pretty obvious that they don't care so it's not interesting it's like oh do the Kardashians not care about whether Dolce and Gabbana said racist and problematic things of course they don't care right it's like how you know oh like why is Kim endorsing Rick Caruso or these other celebrities because they fucking know him and like him yeah and they don't care you know what I mean yeah and they don't care if it's even bad for their brand like they actually just don't care and so I think that that's so obvious that some of these conversations not our conversation but some of the more think right. arguments are like taking on sort of like false starting positions. Yeah. That presume I, that they care about things that they obviously don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. Phoebe and I have talked about that tension of like, okay, Kim doing prison reform. Like, does she actually care about. I reforming? do think she cares about that. I think she does. I think that she doesn't believe in the death penalty. And I think she doesn't believe that people should be wrongly imprisoned like I think maybe most people think that but you know I don't know but like I think like in terms of like the a true political stance like the death penalty is an interesting one like I think she is against the death penalty based on her actions but I don't think she's ever come out and said that like I don't think she's ever really like made like a statement on that but she does all this action around it which makes you believe that she cares about it you know and I think that that yeah I don't know that just like came to mind when you're talking about like not like does she care about it or not 
Right. Well, she doesn't care the way, I don't know, media elites care about consistency. Right. Like she doesn't care if one piece lines up with the other piece. Just like that thing she kind of got in trouble for about saying that she like basically picks and chooses with the environment and is still going to use her plane. I forget exactly where that (laughs) was. It was a very like... (laughs) Yeah, she was just like, everyone has to make decisions that work for them or whatever when confronted about using her plane too much. So. Kim Air. Oh my God. Kim Air looks nice. Dude, the cashmere inside. Oh my God. Looks nice to me. Great. I think that's something that's so difficult with, with like talking about the Kardashians is that they're beyond just like kind of like a fun gossipy tone which is very interesting and I I love doing but it's like the Dolce & Gabbana thing or like the Kim Air thing or the political stuff it's like it's very boring there's like no depth you it's like hard to like get a grasp on it because it's just like yeah of course like duh they're friends with this billionaire they're friends with that billionaire they're gonna take their private plan and I feel like it's like it's a very strange thing when you you realize or even when I realize I'm like I don't really give a shit you know what I mean like I obviously care about like climate catastrophe I don't take private plans but it's it's very you would well, I, I well, I, I I probably wouldn't, but that's more because I'm very scared of flying and, and not because <laughs> because of the statistics. I mean, I and, and not because of like no, no, but what I'm saying is just like I I probably wouldn't. Yeah, and I are gonna <laughs> fire up the PJ right after this. <laughs> I know you and you and Lala, and I'll I'll take Delta economy middle seat. <laughs> Emily Air. <laughs> yeah, Emily Air. Seagull yeah, exactly. skies but I don't know They're, they can be so boring to talk about because they're so obvious in what they do and I think that there's not a lot of gossip to even get into like dig your fingers in t- anymore because of the show and because they've cornered every aspect not only of like of of being seen but how they want to be seen because yeah. they have like tabloids about the gossip and then they have the show which is oh this is what actually happened so there's no room for that weird blank space that's so juicy and that everyone loves. I agree I think this will I be agree. their downfall right me too because like, I think there's it's... something that it's not they're not letting a audience co-create the story at no. all no I, I think it's which almost ultimately like... becomes boring sorry go ahead jump. Exactly. No, no, no. I totally agree because I feel like there's a choreographed like, I feel like maybe they were always doing this, but I started noticing that a lot more with their new show. Like, it's like their Instagram and the show plot lines are like totally choreographed. It's like you've what has Courtney's Instagram been over the past five months? What has Kim's Instagram been over the past five months? And they kind of do these milestone moments like Courtney does getting married in Vegas. They give you this like teaser that almost feels like a commercial for what you're waiting to see on season two of the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. And then you just see it. And like you were saying before, there's never anything really that's that unexpected or that shocking or that behind the scenes. I think this function of like behind the scenes that they started to rely on doesn't really work anymore. Like I feel like they've like they've always been like I feel like all reality TV is sort of like this idea of like, again, like it's on my brain, but like Real Housewives of Orange County, the original sort of tagline of that show was behind the gates. It's like what's happening 
beyond something that you, the viewer, can't see. Like what's what's happening behind the scenes? And I think the Kardashians have been doing that a lot and like been trying to doing this like teasing thing and like, oh, we know Kim's dating people. We're never going to get enough, but we're never really going to get the full story. And then they also at the same or time- Or any kind of, story. No. And at the I same time, they're going to the confront you. They're going to confront you about not getting the full story by being like, you don't deserve to know our full lives. We're dying of anxiety every day because you want to. It's this weird like thing. I don't know. I agree. And I think that then the actual things that come out are really bad. You know, then it's like Travis Scott cheating in this super intense way or like obviously Chloe's stuff has been so extreme that it's had to be on the show. But like they're not going to talk about Kanye and all the anti-Semitism and no. all this stuff in any sort of satisfying way ever. No, I don't think, which I do think is different from what a younger media consumer wants. Like, I think right. it will come off as too polished. I agree. And sort of too together. And like, I don't know, Real Housewives is kind of on the other end of the spectrum where it's, there's almost like this fantasy game of all the layers of social media around the show that almost to the point where it's like hard, really hard to follow, even if you're yeah. well sort of educated about what's going on because there's so many layers of different what's on TikTok, what's on Twitter, what's yeah. on, you know, like who are the bots that are suspected to be the people, you know, there's like this whole like almost like gaming world like fantasy fiction slash re real gossip world around the show. And I feel like that's what makes it like really fascinating. Yeah, um, I agree. And that the Kardashians are just getting more and more fake. I mean, people were calling this out that like there's the scene where Kendall and Kylie are talking. It's like, hey, Kendall, I don't know if I'll be able to come to Vegas with you. Yeah, <laughs> Kylie. Well, I'd sure like it if you did. It was like almost crazy how obviously and badly scripted yeah it was it was like it seemed weird and it felt different yeah than clunky moments in the past yeah but even even in that like abc doc um they they had that moment from like one of the it was like kendall's 15th birthday and chris was like oh yeah like playstation was turning 15 and kendall's turning 15 so we thought it would be such a great partnership and then like 10 minutes later they're like oh kendall like why did you want playstation at your party she's like well playstation's turning 15 and i'm turning 15 so we thought it would be a great partnership like it's it's always been off but like i guess i don't know like maybe I keep thinking that like maybe like the influence I feel like being an influencer is such a fake job like I'm not the first person to say that but it really is it's like it really is such a fake job and I and I feel like maybe the like influencer economy is in a way almost like this great mediator or this like great equalizer right where it's just like once once anyone can do it without the reality show like you don't you you can just kind of like achieve a type of notoriety or fame or, or influence just by having the social media in the first place, I feel like it can be very difficult to, to one up it, you know, like how do you, and, and maybe Emily, like you, you can have something that you probably know more about this than, than I do, but it's just like, how do you, how do you one up someone when, when, when you're, um, 
professional goal is to influence like how are the kardashians more influential than like camille Sherrier? you know what i mean or some or i guess just, like, it's just the like, level in- of spectacle which is something that's coming through on this show i also think we're really missing scott yeah he got so that's real though. i know scott did get boring but there was a certain like pepper and scott's shaker and like this sort of like <laughs> like dirty dancing style like cat skills jewish borscht belt humor yeah but- or it's just like how K- kim is now like all heroin chic but she doesn't do heroin you know what i mean like kim doesn't do drugs and that's kind of always that's been very boring or drinking me or drink she's, she's like a sober drugs. person yeah she just yeah. wakes up at 5 a.m and she exercises and she like eats clean and does whatever and like the cool thing about heroin chic is you're like oh fuck yeah like i want to do drugs you know, like I want to fuck Johnny Depp. Like I want to do all these crazy. Things. Not anymore. What I Have you seen those? Do photos? is wake oh up God. at five a.m. and like work out on an exercise ball. That's like the last thing that I want to do. I'd rather like. Not... I mean, I don't like. I don't like him blonde, and I don't like him skinny. I don't like him skinny. It's just like GBGBs. <laughs> it it is like when Chloe said like you don't want to see Mickey Mouse with his head <laughs> off, right? <laughs> And I know that it seems like it should be an even greater level of spectacle, but it's not to me. Like, to me, it looks like it's breaking the Kim Kardashian illusion that my, like, neural pathways are so attuned to enjoying. Right. Of course, like, her crazy, like, BBL diaper butt, (laughs) I could imagine that morphing. But the fact that she's reportedly taking Ozempic and is, like, so frighteningly skinny and, like, looks, in my opinion, quite bad. She looks also, it's she looks depressing. Tiny. I never realized how tiny she was until she, I mean, I, obviously when you lose weight, you get smaller, but do you know what I mean? Like she, she's, no, she's super short. short. She's like five one. And I never realized how tiny she was until she lost all of the weight. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. You're, it's, it's very weird to look at her, especially once she defined herself as like someone who, who was like the anti Paris Hilton. Totally. And I watched the last episode of the show, most recent episode of the show, right before this, because I actually fell asleep in the middle of it when I was watching it, right when it came out. And the whole story of the Marilyn dress is just so fucking boring. Like, mm-hmm. she says she wants it because she wants something that's like a moment and a gesture and something to follow up wearing this Balenciaga look with the covered face, which I totally understand. And then that the Marilyn dress is such a great story arguable but sure I know what you mean it is Marilyn Monroe's dress it's this really iconic moment in American history um it's like connected to this realm of the archetypes you know like Marilyn is the uber beauty the uber celebrity whatever but Kim ruined the story by making the whole story about her losing weight yeah that Mm -hmm. was not the right move and then to do to stretch it out over what looks like more than one episode of the show and to make it about losing weight, I think like really cheapens it and also really ruins the spectacle of it. Like even if she did want to lose a ton of weight for it, the way to do it would have been to kind of not acknowledge that. That's a situation in which not acknowledging the process would have made it more compelling. Right. Like, and then it does make her seem like she has nothing to do, which can't possibly be true. I'm not one of those people who's like, Kim Kardashian's famous for being famous and doesn't do anything. Like, 
obviously those people are super fucking busy, but it kind of makes her seem like that, that she like decides to make such a big deal out of losing weight for this dress. It's like, if I was running a super successful business and becoming a lawyer and working on getting people out of prison, I actually would think it would be a stupid way to use my time (laughs) and energy to lose weight, to fit in this dress that just doesn't fit me. And is not meant to be worn like that when I could wear literally any dress in the world and make any fast fashion statement I wanted I don't know. It just like it kind of just doesn't compute. For yeah. me. I mean, like, she could have even fit it into, don't like, make sense. Right. She could have even like fit into the facsimile of the dress and like just done like super pointed boobs, and it actually would have been like very cool. That like, would have been much the original cooler. one that she done that that she wore that was like stretchy. Like she could have done that and kind of like amped it up a little bit, and that would have been very cool. And she could have got it like tailored because she's very short. Marilyn was taller than she was, and she could have done like a hair thing, but. I, I do want to talk about the Maryland stuff, though, because the way that, um, who was it in the, like, Architectural Digest videos, I think it was, like, Vanessa Hudgens, who had one of the strangest, fakest tours ever. She is, like, she's, like, a Marilyn Monroe bathroom, and she's, like, oh, I just love Marilyn because she was such an American icon, and she's so beautiful, but, like, don't you think there's mystery behind her eyes? And you're, like, yeah, there's definitely some mystery behind her eyes, Vanessa <laughs> Hudgens, but, um, but but I don't know the way that like Kim uh, talked about Marilyn and like Kim's um, the fact that she kind of op- obviously wants to be Marilyn and then like Chloe coming into the scene when uh, Kim's talking about uh, the dress but like I, I feel like Chloe's the obvious Marilyn like I and and then I'll right also that's interesting to me the Joyce Carol Oates uh, adaptation. I I've, I've just I don't know I've been thinking a lot about that because I, I actually don't think of Marilyn Monroe as like an American hero in the way that she is presented as an American hero like I think of her as a very fucked up person who you know I I guess I'm on like the Joyce Carol Oates side of the argument where I'm just kind of like used and abused very glamorous but I also think that being like used and abused can be extremely glamorous you know especially well, type of I, do, I see it more through the lens of the sort of transmogrification that happens when people become famous. And Marilyn really is a demigod. Like she made herself into a goddess. Yeah, She like transcended human form and she like achieved this sort of archetypal status, this Helen of Troy, this Venus. Like she really is between a celebrity and a goddess. I think she functions that way. And it's important to remind ourselves that like the ultimate and most important fan of Marilyn Monroe is Mariah Carey. Oh, like mm-hmm. Mariah Carey is the she's ultimate. Kinda, yeah. She's, I mean, fan. Mariah's done a, she, she has, um, she has Marilyn's piano famously in her house. She's feeling herself like it's Norma Jean on, like she's Norma Jean on caution. Like she has really important and specific Marilyn items and she is like deeply deeply kind of in a almost like spirit spiritual lineage with Marilyn um and so Kim liking like I think what's kind of weird about it is that like Kim is a Veronica not a Betty like she shouldn't be so into this like blonde right white I mean obviously Mariah's not white, but she fits texturally 
into right. this blonder world that Marilyn's a part of. Whereas it makes so much more sense when Kim names her other icon. Like, I believe that Cher is an icon to Kim way yes. more than I believe that Marilyn is an icon to Kim like in a deep heart way this, like I believe that Marilyn is an icon to all of us and I'm sure that Kim is into her but I don't feel like it didn't feel like as deep and abiding as an obsession as other people especially knowing that there are these other celebrities who have this iconic relationship with her total other topic but did you see that all, do you see all of these stories about um Cher dating Amber Rose's ex no <laughs> it's legitimately one of the most cursed things i've ever seen <laughs> like share hanging out with tyga and ae what baby with amber rose i know it's there's beyond. such a weird cabal like i don't even know where to start with it you know what i mean but like there's like a group of celebrities that hang out and i would think that i'd want to be a part of it but but seeing like the different groups of it i'm like it's just i don't know it's just so crazy to me it all, it kind of like, I think that shit like that. I'm like, everything just like lacks mystery in a, like a really profound way. And I wish that there was a little bit more mystery. I really do. But um, I do love Cher though. How can you not love Cher? But I also of love course. Cher. Like, I mean, Cher's obviously like so fucking hot. But I think that part of what makes Cher hot and I think part of what made Marilyn hot was that they're like both weird looking. And I, yeah. I always, I just like, I always just like have to go back to that when I think about like Kim trying to morph into Cher, morph into Marilyn. Kim's not weird looking. And I think that part of that is she's like morphed herself into being like very normal looking, which is like maybe why she it's like so strange. Arguably yeah. made what she looks like normal. You know what I mean? True. Like, yeah, but her face Kim is, is pretty. Kim has always been pretty, but she has made her face like the norm of faces for like famous women i feel like because her face used to be a little more in a little more off the beat i mean she was kind of like a 90s classic 90s hottie she had like big swollen lips and like you know a teeny nose and like big eyes but i do kind of feel like she did sort of i i don't think kim's fully not interesting looking like i think she's i don't think she's boring looking i think she's boring looking now but i don't think in her soul she's boring looking you know what I mean I think what Phoebe's saying is that there's less tension in how she looks right yes but it's also true that she didn't fit you know conventional beauty standards for celebrities but now that the world has been remade in her image it's hard to tell yeah for sure um Mm -hmm. I think like her doing the Marilyn thing is like a call to like Marilyn's like like being an icon like the idea of being an icon is like your persistence and culture. Like you're never like the image of you is never going to, you're never forgotten. Right. You're like never forgotten. And you know, it it makes me think about like, like it makes me think about like the like cheap reproduction of like posters of Marilyn Monroe or like the skirt photo or like these kind of like persistent cultural images that like, have become like decorations for people's homes and like immediately tries to like say something. But like Chloe's obsession with Marilyn Monroe is like a pretty basic one that like a lot of young women I think have of like, oh, I love her. Like she's just so sexy and cool. And like, you know, it's like that is. um, And so I, I wonder too, like about it also felt like a little bit obvious and it felt like Kim kind of almost knew maybe not new. I don't know. I get, I feel weird about always saying that or what 
every time I say that, but like Kim knows the comparison people might draw between her and Marilyn or something. And it might be harder to draw that comparison to share, like in terms of like, she's trying to be like this, like kind of ultimate icon that never goes away. And this symbol of like feminine sexiness and femininity, um, where like share is like a musical talent, you know, also Armenian. Shares also Armenian, which is yeah. Right. So there's that right. connection. So I don't know. That's just that's what just makes me think about. I love when I uh, was at the Real Housewives. He goes see Share, and then Kyle Richards is like freaking out. Was it that, or maybe it was the Kardashian? I don't know. There was like I think it actually maybe was the Kardashians, but I think that Kyle Richards is also like obsessed. Is there? With yeah. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Emily, what do you make of the Kardashians? What what is it? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is the Kardashians? What is Kim Kardashian? What are they doing? Why are we talking about her? What did it feel like to watch the entirety of their, like, being in the pandemic, which, you know, it's, I don't know, like, what, what did that, what did, what did you learn? Just, I guess, going back to the beginning. I think that the Kardashians are this experiment in a type of unholy self-sacrifice, like what it looks like when people really kind of transform their lives and sort of like kill who they are for the public, which makes it sound maybe more like a martyrdom thing than I mean. I don't really, I mean that in kind of a neutral way, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, in this very sort of transparent self like self-narrated way they like sort of were willing to do this like almost alchemical process of taking their lives and sort of scrapping them for fame um but they also managed to have this sort of like business network effect and also kind of like you know the same way that like so much porn now is like family (laughs) porn like everything is being relabeled like step family yeah like (laughs) I feel like there is some sort of like Oedipal electoral sort of like family romance about this like hyper sexualized family Mm. yeah where they were like all sexualized from a really young age. All the girls are always like wrestling. Um, the mom is this sort of like drunk MILF. The men, like, you know, there's this sort of, it's like there's the sex tape, obviously. Like, they're, I, so I think that that's also like a really important part of their sticking power. And then I do tend to think of celebrity as, as sort of like a semi spiritual process or magical more than spiritual. And that like, I believe it is possible to sort of change who you are. I mean, of course the conditions have to be right. And a lot of people find this process very unpleasant, especially the people who knew the the person before, but to sort of like stop being a regular person and become a demigod, you know, to become Mm -hmm. someone who's like held in the minds of so many people that they have fundamentally sort of different being. And right. I think Kardashians, I mean, the word that's used in magic is egregore. So it's sort of like a collectively held belief or idea that takes on a mind 
of its own. So there's like, you know, the idea of the club or something is like an egregore. Like Disney is like a company, but it's also a concept of like a space that you can kind of tap into. And like the Kardashians have become that by kind of like sacrificing their, themselves to become this like sexualized family empire egregore thing. But what's weird about it is that you know, I love them. Or I really love Kim. Even though I don't think that I would be particularly interested in Kim in real life, I like, I feel very comfortable in my like generational, generationally inherited like relationship to Kim. You know what I mean? Like I'm just sort of the right age to be like a Kim fan. Mm-hmm. And, so- and I find her, even when I find her kind of like gross, I still find her kind of fundamentally comforting to watch and to consume and I feel like soothed by watching her shake her salad and chew and take a picture of herself or do whatever like she doesn't but she makes me happy in this weird way yeah I yeah yeah I I was having like uh I guess in 2019 I was having this like horrible mental breakdown And whenever I got on the subway, I would like basically have to throw up at every, I was just like horrible panic attacks. And the only thing that got me over the, the, the bridge from um, Essex to, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking, but the first stop in William to Marcy Ave was watching Kim talk about skims (laughs) because she's like such a mother in that way. It It was extremely comforting. And I had no idea why it was something about like the Venus of Villendorf fertility body or something that is just so soothing. She's like everyone's mother, um, in a, in a way, but I was also thinking about this earlier today because I was just like, I, I'm so interested in the Kardashians, but I I was like, what am I interested in doing with them? Do I want, like when you see Kim, do I want to watch her get into the car? Like, do I want to wait outside the hotel to see her? No, I want more. Do I want to get into the car with her? No, I want more. And I like, it's so strange. Like I want, not even for pleasure, but I kind of just, I want to like have sex with all of them. And it's not for my own pleasure. Like it's not to get off. It's like, I literally want to, and this, I know this sounds so crude and it sounds so strange, but uh, there's something that's like sex with them is like the final frontier almost with, with knowing who they really are. Like even how North is like, no mom, that's not your real voice. Like I want to know your real voice. It's like, I feel like the only way that as someone not in, or maybe I just want to be one of the sisters, but even like as sisters, they obviously have no idea who they really are. I feel like I just think they, and there's such a, there's such a like, it's like Emily Ratajkowski on her new podcast. She had a a clip stay with her and Julia Fox. And she was like, the big difference between us, Julia, is that I like sex and you don't like sex. And I was like, yeah, I want to fuck Emrata because I want to know what it's like to fuck Emrata. Do you know what I mean? There's like, there, there's, I, I was thinking that that's like what I really want to do with them at this point. That's the only thing that I don't know what it's like is I want to like have them. I feel like I want the real, but maybe because I'm the Julia Fox of this conversation, but I, I want to know like the real secrets, I suppose, more than. Yeah, me too to fuck 
Well, and I want to hear I mean. about business. I want. I guess it's like the pillow talk, right? You know, I want to hear like the real secrets, the real business secrets, the real like everyone's real drug problems. Like, I don't. I want to know everyone's like you though. Like that, I think that that's why I'm saying. But in the fantasy world, that's like of, fantasy. in the fantasy world, I don't think you're talking about sex either, Phoebe. Well, no, obviously they want to sleep. <laughs> Have you seen me? Come on. No, I'm joking. No, no. But what well. I'm saying is just like, I, I don't think that like Kim is telling Pete Davidson about her family issues after they have sex. I think I'm she probably I don't think she is. You think so? See, I don't. That's I think that's why I want to have sex with them is because I think that that's the closest that you can get to their reality. But you think that she, so you think that they tell their secrets to some, the people that they some. sleep. Okay. Not everything, but I think, you know, they kvetch and talk shop and that will, would necessarily involve divulging some secrets, given that everything is kept secret. But I think that they, again, like, I think that, you know, for millennials who kind of like grew up with, there's this memory of this time when they didn't just totally fit into the power structure. And now for younger people, they're going to see them as the power structure. So I wonder if they'll get how is that going to get folded back into the family or if like crazier more disturbing shit happens with Kanye at another level than what we've seen how will that get folded back into the story you know the I'm I think that that's like really complicated actually and they've sort of exhausted the craziness defense you know, yeah. like the idea that like people went along with this idea that Kanye is just crazy and you could kind of let some things go, including me. And now it's not that I don't think that he's crazy. I just think it's like whatever is going on is on another level and it's not just going to disappear tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and also this is to say that like, I also think that there are hugely fucked up ways that like the Jewish establishment isn't handled the Kanye's anti-Semitism and this sort of like scorched earth really response to the anti-Semitic comments was a really big part of the problem. And obviously it sucks for Kanye to say anti-Semitic stuff, but a huge reason why it got as major and out of control as it has, has to do with the response that it got and the way that it was responded to by Jews and the way Jews use it to platform the ADL and you know like there's a there is a need for like a more advanced more nuanced more progressive way of dealing with anti-semitism that we're definitely not seeing in the Kanye story so I just wanted to make that clear in terms of where I stood with it but it's like he's obviously on the brink of like having a new kind of like persona yeah in culture and then that's gonna have to get wrapped back up in the whole story and that might be a place where it gets more interesting or it might just become so fake in order to like keep out the darkness of that that it ceases to be compelling yeah i mean he's a real black israelite you know he's like without the I don't know, like without the, um, well, maybe with all of it, I don't know. He's just like, it's it's very crazy because we've never seen a Black Israelite within um, such like esteemed pop culture. 
you know, like it's usually just like they're known as the Black Israelite who's like fucking crazy and insane and on the radio and whatever. And there's there's never been a figure like Kanye West who's so beloved and who's so accepted um, by, you know, elite culture, but also just like pop culture um, who's who's become such a not hated figure because I would say that even now Kim is more hated than Kanye. Um, I think that people really support Kanye well, maybe no, I, I think Kanye is pretty hated at the moment. But I think a, a lot, lot of people, people see it are, as a are, joke. A lot of people are just like, "Yeah, good for you." Like, fuck everyone. That's kind of like the the right, vibe. like the troll like, thing. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a very strange moment, and then like the whole Kardashian obsession with like co-parenting. It's like it's so it's just like it's so weird, and I really don't think that there's a. I think that that's actually why Kim is moving on to the private equity and to more skims and to more prison reform is because the show's about to be over. So now yeah. she's just like, she's going into the behind the scenes. The show like, is, yeah. There's no yeah. way that it could continue. But would that be no. so crazy of them to launch a new season and then like fold it all together? Like, I feel like they must have I a think it'll go contract. on for a while. They, they have to have a multi-year but- contract. There's no way. Yeah, they must. I don't know. There's no way. I mean, but maybe it'll be over in the sense of like people's interest in it. Maybe she knows that it's waxing in terms of like its popularity. Right. I mean, she's also just doing the things that rich people do to grow their wealth. Yes. On that level. Yes. You know, and she's much, much richer than her sisters by like a lot. And Skims is super, super successful. So, and it's going to continue to be. Well, it's yeah. very high quality. I do love my yeah. skims. It is incredibly high quality. <laughs> I love my I love my I love my skims too. I'm into it. Multiple washes. I like the boy. I fine. like the boyfriend collection. I'm dying to get some boyfriend collection. I have a card. I can. In I, it. It's it's the lesbian <laughs> skims. Lesbian skims. I want the Girl boyfriend like long sleeve and then like the little shorts and the crop top you want and the crop top. You want their that underwear situation. Their underwear are so incredible. The logo thong. That's what like I got you for your birthday. Oh, I know. I wear it like, I mean, so many, many more times than I should. But um, well, it's cheap to get new so ones. Only three for thirty six. <laughs> no, I know, but it's like cheaper than a. Gemma's the new brand ambassador. It's cheaper than Hanky Panky, which is my other favorite underwear brand. But um, my favorite underwear brand is Negative. Shout out Negative. Oh, I do like that. I've never heard of Negative. That's my girl's brand. So it's my friend's company. So their whipped underwear is the best underwear. Okay, good to know. Even Math wears that underwear every day. Wow. Shout out Math. Shout out Math. Math is so picky. (laughs) Math is wearing that underwear every day. Then it's good. That that is some good shit. Um, Okay, so fuck around. On a tangential, less, less, uh, I don't know, maybe it is as, as culture shifting as the Kardashians, is Bethany Frankel's food and makeup TikTok. <laughs> her, she's so fucking charming on her makeup TikTok. It's, it's hilarious. It's hypnotic. It's, it's hilarious. It she's so funny. self-effacing. She's on point. She manages to hit the right notes. Like, I don't know. But she kills then, it. Uh, she kills her role. The food as a is harder. 
the food is harder but it's kind of funnier because it's so bad it looks so bad yeah whereas with the makeup stuff I'm kind of with her yeah definitely (laughs) she's such a Jewish mom the food stuff is gnarly yeah like the food stuff is bagel it's a little like just so you know a little bit like triggering it's It's a little bit triggering it's very anorexic it's yeah so I don't love that anorexic the yeah the food is not my but the makeup stuff I think is really funny and I actually don't mind her her fashion stuff I don't relate to it but I think that she's funny when she talks about like this cardigan versus that Jenny Kane cardigan or whatever (laughs) I think it's like funny yeah she is such a Jewish mom with like TJ Maxx and scooped out bagels it's like our culture dollar though the dollar general my mother used to shop the dollar like my mother and her grand and my grandmother used to shop at the dollar general Dude, my mom's not even jewish and she loves the, the dollar general oh my god it's bethany is incredible because bethany is the type of person that she has a tagline for everything that's why she's yeah. such a good and it endears this is a rich her. bitch cream but that's why this whole drama on the with the other um with the other with Meredith Lynch or whatever that creator's name is, who she sent the cease and desist to, which was like a huge deal on TikTok. I don't know. It was just sort of like, yeah, I'm sure it would be annoying if you were like a sort of native to a platform and heating up and saying something that legitimately wasn't that bad and then got slapped with a cease and desist from a real celebrity with like a real legal team. Like that would be annoying. But I felt like people were trying to turn it into something like deeper and darker than what it is. Cause I guess it's like, you know, that's just how like celebrity brand machines work and to take it so personally. And as like such a sign of the times I thought was a stretch. It's like, sure. It's not like polite. It's probably not fun to get. It also is very unlikely to be something that's like, um, anyone puts a lot of legal muscle behind actually trying to enforce and it's not that big of a deal yeah and that's just what people like that do and I don't know they kind of tried to use it to like discredit and humiliate her and I just didn't feel like it was had enough juice like it wasn't like if there was like a dead body left at the doorstep of this creator (laughs) I would have been like yeah that's fucked up like a cease and desist like okay because you know my stepdad was in this rock band twisted sister and he owns the name and he's like always like sending letters to poor like small fucking shampoo companies saying like can't call twisted sister conditioner or whatever and i think that that's sad but it's just like yeah business as usual yeah among the grown-ups so i'm jaded about that i'm still with her i'm with it with with bethany's tiktok i think it's fucking hilarious and she's showing that compared to many other, many of her peers, she actually manages to like update for the format and actually yes, become yeah. compelling in this new paradigm in a way that is not cringe. And she's just like showing her personality and she's fucking funny and yeah, charming. She's a, she's and made, that's, that's it. She's made for TV. She's made to be like watched and she's so good. And that's that was my reaction to it too. I was like, this is pretty cool that Bethany has like figured out this niche for herself. Like, it's like kind of fun that she like is like, and it makes sense that she's so good at it. Right. Like on housewives, she's like loud and intense and quick and like, and it's like, it's cool that she like is doing that. And I feel like she's also doing like, she's embracing the TikTok thing of like, 
what's happening right now and who I am right now and what I look like right now and kind of making it kind of like it feels sort of like rogue and like kind of kind of gross in a way and a little almost like a little violent and aggressive (laughs) and it's like but she's like so suited for that so I just like that aspect of it it's perfect okay I have a question for you guys when I finish my exhaustive watching of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills what franchise should I do next we'll leave different opinions okay I say lay it on me oh why a Real Housewives franchise or what? Like, Sorry. Talk- yeah, yeah. What Real Housewives city oh, should I move You've never to? watched New York? New York. The New York. I've never watched New York. New York. Absolutely New York. New York. 100% New York. New York. From the beginning? Yes. yes. The first you season, have to watch the from the beginning. The first season is triggering, especially being from New York, because it's all about like the rich mom sending their daughters to fat camp and like being like too rich in the Hamptons. But it, you need to watch the first season to you understand everything You have to get through the else. anachronism. You yeah. have to. Just, the second season okay. is kind of gold. And Grin then it and just Barrett. gets better. Okay. It's on. Math is going to be so mad. Believable. For everyone how math is my partner who's like got really into the Kardashians with me, but is a little bit of a slower, is slower to warm up on Real Housewives. Like we'll watch it with me, but with more chagrin. Whereas there was like no chagrin for Kardashians. New, so that's New another York. interesting well yeah I think it's like the third season of New York when Sonia Sonia Morgan enters it's so good her dynamic Sonia Morgan and Bethany and Kelly Ben Simone it's gold and then in the background Luann is just like it's making me nostalgic I want to go watch it oh my god Ramona is just like psycho with her marriage and then divorce from Mario. And then it's just like, it's- But it's a, that's a long arc. That's not immediate, the marriage. Oh, I know. It's, it's, it's long arc. literally- It's, it's okay. I can, I can get into that. No, no. And that's why it's good. I'm going to run out of Beverly. Or I'm really caught epic. up Yeah, Beverly Hills soon enough. Beverly Hills is is, is really the best. What did you think I about say. Beverly Hills? Who's your I'm fave? with it. Eileen. Dude, Eileen. Oh, Eileen is great. Eileen She's is such really, a normal really person. <laughs> she's I amazing. love her she's eyes. Beautiful, brilliant. She's the good witch. So it's kind of boring to say that she's my favorite. She is the good witch. But right, she, I'm watching the season with her right now and she's just stunning and lovely, smart, yeah. interesting, grounded. Yeah, she's pretty fab. I really like, like the Lisa. We love. I, like, I like the... Lisa Rinna, Eileen era. I really used to love Lisa Rinna. Me too. I love Lisa I love Rinna, her. but it's interesting watching these older seasons than watching around this most re- recent season where she really does seem unhinged if you compare mm-hmm. her to earlier seasons. Same with Erica. Like Erica was really quite lovely on her earlier seasons. Oh, I've always and, like hated a totally Erica. different. But I get that, but I still see like there's so much more like groundedness like and softness and presence. And there are moments where she's really charming and funny. Mm-hmm. and then she just gets harder and crazier and more obnoxious and more you know like she it really just winds up and up and up and up and up and did she becomes guys, like a totally different person did yeah. you hear about the rumors about her like her like hookup being army hammer because no. guess what i ran into army hammer last week and where i told you but twice where was Sorry, it? I just choked on my drink. I was at, I was at, I was for work. I was at the Four Seasons private residences. 
and he lives there definitely hiding the fuck out like because it's like very private and random and weird in the middle of beverly hills and he walked out and i literally like i couldn't could, i was like i was like holy shit i was like that's army hammer <laughs> and like the girl at the like the reception desk was like dude i know and then i walked out and then he walked back in and i was like okay i'm gonna do it i'm gonna make eye contact with him and i made eye contact with him and he really looked at me and i was like i'm scared <laughs> you're like are you gonna eat me I was like, is he going to eat me? He's honestly so hot in person. So tall. <laughs> I would hope so. He's so I mean, that would be sexy. So funny. But I felt like she was such, she slept with older men. I mean, I like, I love it. It was a full conspiracy. I love that Kyle. Was <laughs> like, I'm, I love Kathy, of course. I'm just like here for it. Kathy definitely did say the F word in terms of the slur. <laughs> seems quite likely seems seems i almost got like, like too confused though with this last like last season and last reunion like it was hard to follow all the twists and turns with like the bots and the press and this sort of like yeah the bots extracurricular noise got kind of complicated and then there was that thing supposedly revealing that this like fake account woke stan was actually lisa rinna and yeah. the I I just and the bio of the woke Stan account is woke Stan on crack with the coffee <laughs> emoji, and I just like always think about that as like what I believe a boomer thinks. <laughs> yeah, a Twitter bio should be woke Stan on crack. <laughs> That's so funny. So I was sort of out of my element. I was sort of outclassed by how complex that stuff got. Like I'm not into the Bravo sphere enough to know how you like judge all of that extra material yeah you know me neither and it's i don't really ever i'm like what it's becoming very bachelor nation where it's like not only do you need to keep up with like the bachelor and the bachelorette podcast you have to listen to the podcast right in paradise and all the twitters and all the comments and the replies and the retweets and it's like it's enough at a certain point because they they're just like we get it you're like real human beings dealing in like a fake televised scheme (laughs) that also becomes real because you also really hate each other but that's not what we care that's not at least what I care about when I'm watching the shows I just kind of want to watch them like wear very cool outfits and scream and get drunk and uh, I don't know like do crazy shit I just watched the the episode okay no what's the best part the best part of uh Real Hostels in New York City are their trips they have the best trips because ramona and sonia they both they all go in demand to get the best room in the house and it's just okay. like and each it time it's the crazy. funniest thing it's the funny oh my god and then when they go to cartagena and they all get explosive diarrhea and in like a full really yacht accident like the yacht <laughs> no, no, they sink. almost die but that's not funny that's, that's just scary but they all get like explosive diarrhea and like ramona at a certain point she gets so old on the show that she like shits herself all the time it's just, it's just great it's just like really really funny it's really she good has it's ibs like- and she doesn't adhere to the ibs she eats a whole platter of oysters and drinks a bottle of rosé and then she has ibs and it's like girl you're 62 get it together <laughs> She just poops everywhere. It's, like, it's wow. so funny. Who needs triangle of sadness? Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say. Literally. Have that. That's why these shows are so good. I, I do think that triangle of sadness, like in the same way that like uh, Mike White 
uh, of like White Lotus was like on Survivor. I do think that Ruben Osland is like a, a below deck person. He's gotta be. Like it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't that into that movie. I felt like it was just like worse than White Lotus. Yes, and it was worse than White Lotus. It, I and it's loved just like it. interesting. I liked it a lot. I thought it was like, oh, I I couldn't get enough. I, I wait. Why did why didn't you? But like the pacing it? of his movies always kind of throws me. I don't know. I just kind of thought like all of, like, it was a very like obvious treatment of all of the Super cultural material it was using, and it was just like half White Lotus and half Yellow Jackets slash The Wilds, like a survival thing and just to me like showed that film is behind tv and I don't feel like it actually deeply dealt with any of the stuff it was trying to make a mockery of in that sense it felt very European like the it felt kind of self-satisfied in it's it's class read mm. like um and didn't like dig in enough I don't know but maybe it's also that I see these movies in LA now and everyone's always it's like just so funny to watch movies in LA and everyone's like laughing their heads off at the most obvious thing or like <laughs> when the rocks are talking to each other and everything everywhere all at once everyone's like that's so hilarious like oh my god like my friend made this movie like yeah there's just something about LA that's like so on the nose about movies that it it's impossible to watch a movie in Los Angeles because everyone who actually watches the movies is watching them for free at like the, yeah. they get all the DVDs or the, right. I, I don't even know how you get them anymore, but like the screener tapes for the Academy Awards or whatever. I, as someone who lives in Chicago in the Midwest, it was fantastic yes. to see in theaters. It was, I, I loved it because of its obviousness, because like, just, just like my, my, I won't say my issue, but I guess my, my big question with like the Kardashians ETC is the obviousness. I'm like, how can you even talk about it if it's so in your face? Um, mm-hmm. You know, Kim is like, I will lose this weight. And then she loses the weight. And you're like, she lost the weight because she lost the weight. There's nothing more to it. I thought yeah. that this movie was, I thought that Triangle of Sadness was so spot on with just being like, it is completely obvious. It is completely in your face and it's completely ridiculous. But, but also it's, it's, this, this is how it is. You can narrativize it. You can narrativize right. what's, what's so obvious and you can actually make a story out of it. Um, yeah. I also just, I, I don't know, maybe I just have a, I have a thing for movies that where I, where, where that are obvious, where you know exactly what's going to happen. It feels, it feels kind of good to know, to be able to, that, I get that to put your finger on it or, but, uh, but I mean, but, um, I didn't realize that Yaya or the actress died. Died. I heard that. Died IRL. That that was very sad today. That was extremely. I learned that right after I watched it, and I was like, "What?" Very. I know that's mind blowing because she is so like Euro Emrata or something. So Euro Emrata. She seems like she should be that. But it's also so strange because you watch a movie like this and. I don't know you think that they're so like immemorialized or whatever or or even you they're maybe they're good actors or it's not even that they're good actors they're just so beautiful they're so good for their parts is that you're like oh obviously you're just like this dumb 
Instagram model who's not actually dumb, um, but you're you're just like every other like making it work Instagram model. And then to realize that there's like some reality, some truth into the situation. You're like, she's in a car crash and she got a bad infection and she was going to be married to a male model. And I don't know who yeah. was, that was that. I that wish was- that the whole movie was about that couple. I feel like I would have been more into that. I feel like it was though. But more, more. like in a more plotty way. But anyway, I think we might need to yeah I think we're ready to start wrapping wrap. up because I'm starting to get quite sleepy even though it's only 8 30 me but too it's the ti- it's the daylight savings and the rain it must be it must be the rain I know it's so, it's so rainy crazy. in LA when it rains in LA so cozy mm. yeah it's, it's a winter. little bit of like a coziness coziness overload problem um Emily thank you so much for coming on and chatting oh with God. us Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute honor and a delight. That's <laughs> exactly delight. what I want to hear. Thank That's you. That's what we feel as well. Yeah. <laughs> right, right back at you. <laughs> An honor and same, couldn't say it better we myself. We feel that same thing right to you. Thank yes. God. Thanks um, for struggling with us through these this wild terrain. Oh, it was it makes me feel like all of this time that I waste is meaningful and there's nothing more beautiful than that that's literally the reason why we have this podcast i totally get it i think it's genius (laughs) thank you all right talk to you guys soon night talk to you soon same to you darling talk to you soon soon. bye gemma
your company should feel when a conversation's real, even if the topic feels like science class. You can tell where someone's been without even asking him. He's either rude or has some style and panache. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned, oh yeah. Life is all about elegance and flair. And savoir faire. You don't have to be rich or famous to be unforgettable. Haha. <laughs> it's not about where you're from, it's about what you've learned. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned. Money can't buy your class. 